1: Radio Michael. Do they call you Michael at Escort or Mick?
0: Uh, no, they, they don't know who I am, so they just ask. <laughs> and I, I say Michael. So it's Michael for the week. We're, we're here on official duties, boys. And yeah, it starts uh, in about, well, 18 hours' time here. It's going to be a hell of a big day.
1: It's going to be absolutely amazing uh, when you look at uh, what's going on over there at the moment, Michael. Uh, well, you know the Ashes just up the road in Birmingham, which is attracting all the attention. Of course, um, you, you've got uh, uh, over here. You've got State of Origin. So for us at home as sports fans, it's going to be a really, really late night. I, I noticed uh, just looking at the first day that uh, James McDonald is pretty well employed. He's got five rides.
0: Yeah, look, he has, and, and it's such a huge deal. for... For people who are non-racing, people smithy really trying to understand what that means, it literally would be like, because horse racing is an international sport, you know, a, a New Zealand athlete going to the Olympics and being one of the stars of the show, because Royal Ascot is the Olympics of horse racing. Everybody who's any good in the world is here. So to be one of the stars, to be someone sought after alongside Frankie de Torre and ryan moore would be like a new zealander going to the olympics like elisa carrington and being at that level where people knew who you were it's a massively massively big footprint this young man from new zealand who's only 31 years old now has on the world horse racing scene so um he's on one of the favorites for the biggest race of today the tomorrow the launch day for royal ascot and he's on other good chances in the week including the favorite for a million pound race on saturday mm. to put that in perspective no new zealand jockey has ever been in that sort of position before
2: it's amazing mick it really is his kind of ascent to the the world's best jockey and you got a great piece in the herald this morning around how weird that is for him what, are, what other Kiwi connections are there, if any? Uh, are there any through breeding? Are there any through ownership? Last year we had Chris Waller up there, obviously. Um, Steve Hansen was there in his share with Nature Strip. Are there any other tenuous New Zealand connections that you've stumbled across?
0: Well, funny enough, Louis, there's not, and that's just how hard it is. It's that hard to get a horse to race to this level because when you think about the money that goes into Royal Ascot, and and the level of people who are involved. Now, I'm not saying they're good people or bad people, but they're filthy rich people. Now, you're competing against Sheikh Mohammed, who owns Emirates Airlines. You're competing against, you know, the Qatari sheikhs. They're the sort of people who are racing here this week. Obviously, King Charles has horses at Ascot, and and you're talking Magnus breweries from Ireland. So what you do is, to get a horse even good enough to compete at that level, is an incredibly rare thing to do but also when you have that level of money involved these qatari Sheikhs or Sheikh Mohammed from the emirates they can choose anybody on earth to ride their horses and that's what makes it so staggering about james mcdonald having so many rides there are literally thousands of jockeys in europe ireland and england and here's this little kid 31 years old from new zealand who's getting flown up here To ride against the best in the world, the only way I can best describe it really is dating back to Mark Todd and the Charisma days at the Olympics, where there's that many equestrian riders in the world, and Mark Todd had the ability to do it himself. But the difference is he bought his own horse, and Charisma. These guys don't link the horse to the rider, so they can choose whoever they want. So to fly somebody from Sydney to London to do that is Quite remarkable.
1: Michael, this is, as you talked about, this is the uh, most prestigious thing you can do in racing, perhaps in the Northern Hemisphere, maybe in the world. Uh, And I just wonder, when you look at, uh, and and they cover it magnificently, I do say, uh, what percentage of people you estimate would go there, would actually go in there for the racing, or the others are going for the pomp, the ceremony, to be seen there?
0: Would you have have any idea? Uh, Smithy, it's, it's vastly different here because I'm not the Melbourne Cup. So, at the Melbourne Cup, there might be 80,000 people, and of those 80,000 people, you know, 10 or 20,000 might be dedicated racing fans, and 60,000 might be going for the drink or for the dress up, and, and that's fully understandable. This is different because it's a destination race meeting. So, people from Japan and from Asia and from Australasia are here. So, so many people make this pilgrimage every year to come here. Then you have all the Irish and English and European racing fans and the North Americans. So they make up a huge contingent of the sort of people who are balmy army cricket followers. They love this with a passion. Then you've got your general punters, and England is a big punting country. So I would suggest tomorrow there'll be 50,000 there, there'll be 70,000 on Thursday, which is Ladies' Day. Half that would be at least dyed-in-the-wool racing fans. And as I said, for some of these people, it is their annual pilgrimage to come to this side of the world. So um, the best way I can describe it is this. I had a horse race on Melbourne Cup Day last year, and it was in the race after the Melbourne Cup. Winning the race after the Melbourne Cup means nothing. Winning the Melbourne Cup does. Winning the race after the Melbourne Cup is irrelevant. If you win any race at Royal Ascot, any race, it's a massive deal because you've had the be the best in the world to do so. So most great, rich, um, you know, esteemed Sir Patrick Hogan-type people, the biggest owners in New Zealand, they will never even have a horse good enough to race at Royal Ascot, let alone win. That's what's up for grabs tomorrow. And, of course, the racing starts at 2.30 of the afternoon, and the race only race meeting is only six races long. So it's um, – incredibly difficult to get to this level and we have only had one new zealand bred horse get here in the last 10 years when you consider how many horses we breed in new zealand to have one even get here gives you an indication of how high this mountain is to climb
2: yeah, well put, Mick. And look, it smacks you in the eyes at two thirty in the afternoon for you, one thirty a.m. for us. You've got modern games versus Inspiral. It's a group one, the first race meet, of, the first race of the meet. You've got the Kingston Stacks. Stakes. We've got Cool and uh Cannonball as well up there. Don't forget uh, Artorias later in the week. What is the horse that you suspect when it's all said and done this week is the big dog on campus? Is there? a i mean i assume it's the uh, prince of wales is there a horse over that middle distance that will just assert itself and people are already thinking oh this might be the next greatest thing since
0: I, 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 ironically, the horse who might come out of the week the most famous horse is actually the horse in the first race of the card tomorrow modern games i think is a very very good horse he's already won two breeders cups in america and I think he'll beat Innsbruck tomorrow in the first race on the card. So it'll be the horse who comes out of the week embellished. Admittedly, a who could win on Saturday and do the same thing. And, of course, there's always a chance of a freak performance. But after this Ascot in 2023, I don't think they'll be talking about a horse as much as a person. Frankie de Tory is the most successful jockey in Ascot history. He is leaving European and english racing to go base himself in california he's saying he'll never turn up at ascot again but whether he does or not this is still his swan song this is his the world cup coming up for bodie barrett this is his last shot at this and frankie's a showman he's the guy who's the most unique jockey in the world not the most talented the most unique and somewhere on the stage there is no doubts frankie Tory, or something freakish at the end of this week Whatever moment that is, that'll be the seminal moment of this Royal Ascot Carnival, no matter who wins what in between. There are lots of great jockeys here, including our own James McDonald, but Frankie de Tory is one of those few athletes who transcends his sport. The reason is dating back to Royal Ascot a very long time ago, Frankie de Tori rode seven winners in one day, and it is still rated the most expensive day for bookmakers in the history of sport or racing. <laughs> Frankie wrote all seven in one day, and all the multi-Frankie fans all clean up some fascinating stories about it. He is the folk hero of racing, not saying he's any better than James, but he's the guy who they'll be talking about one way or the other on Saturday night.
1: Uh, Just finally, Mick, uh, before we let you go and um, um, have an early night before the big event, um, I just wonder, a lot of interest in gather. Any chance for you?
0: I had a really good talk to Kieran Ma tonight. There was a big sale here. This is how weird Ascot Week is, gentlemen. I just finished at a horse sale which was held on the grounds of Kensington Palace. So they held a horse sale on the grounds of Kensington Palace. People were buying horses for... 1.1 one point one million pound. But this isn't in, in the CBD of London. It was incredible I was talking to Kieran Ma, there about Colin Gatter, the trainer, and he said he's confident, but when you ask these horses to do something they've never done before, that's when they get out of their comfort zone. Who anybody who's played sport would understand. I won't be backing tomorrow. I'll be backing Highfield Princess. I think she's a very good northern hemisphere Philly. So I'll be backing modern games in race one highfield princess in race three but more importantly gentlemen i'll be working for the herald and trying to make sense of all this clashes of culture and racing styles and breeding and trying to work out what it all means it is literally horse racing's olympics and as you know in olympics anything can happen
1: well, um, Mick, you just have a terrific time over there. We know you will anyway, uh, regardless of the success of the punt. But um, thanks very much for taking a little bit of time to, to preview it for us. Um, I certainly uh, will be up throughout the night. I just love the way it's presented and I love everything about it. So cheers, man. Uh, you're living my dream this year. So thank you very much.
0: Now, boys, my apologies for for the noise surrounding us. We're in a very noisy environment here, as you said. London at the moment, with Wimbledon around the corner, uh, the cricket on at the moment, all the palms in town for the racing. There's a very vibrant London. So for those suffering the cold back home, if you don't get a chance to watch the races overnight, we'll have a review for you in the Herald tomorrow morning.
1: Good on you, Mike. Michael Guerin there, out of uh, London. Absolutely fantastic. Have a terrific time, Mike. Very jealous, as we say.